Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. I remember a few years back, we took a trip with a, with a group of people to Haiti. And it was right after the big earthquake in Haiti. And uh, as you might remember, uh, there was a number of homes that were devastated and had actually just fallen down. I remember going over there and just seeing like the whole city, it seemed like half the city was falling down. And many, many, many people, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people got killed in it. In fact, I don't think there was a person that I met that didn't, wasn't, uh, didn't know someone, either in their family or friends, that, uh, that uh, it wasn't just a devastation. And I remember going over there and we didn't know how to prepare. And we had a worship team and we had a, a team that was going to go over there and minister to the needs. And we were saying, okay, we're going to take a trip to Haiti. We need to get our passports. How did we pack? What are we going to bring? What instruments are we going to bring? Do they have electricity? Uh, do they have different electrical plugs? And it was just, I mean, just preparing for it was even, I feel like as difficult as uh, actually getting on the trip because we didn't know what to prepare for. It really helps to know what the next season looks like so that we can be prepared for the next season. And I think that's a big question that a lot of us wonder is, I just want to know what, you know, we're at the tail end of this COVID-19 or maybe we're not. And when is it going to end? If it just had an end date or if I knew what was next, you know, and people are asking all the questions, when will this be over? I know young people are asking, kids are asking, adults are asking. I'll get on the phone with people, you know, I'll call them up and ask them how they're doing. And they'll say, when are we going to start services again? And some will say, I think we need to start right away. And others will say, oh, I think it's going to be weeks, you know, uh, beyond. And I think it's going to be months ahead. Different people have different thoughts because they just don't know. And I think they even get anxiety just of not knowing what the next season or when it's going to end. And uh, how are things going to change? What is it going to be like? There's a whole uh, term that people are using. There's a new normal that's going to happen. In other words, it'll never be the same. And people say, well, what does that mean? It'll never be the same. It would just help to know what it's going to look like and when it's going to be over. How cautious should we be? Should we be wearing masks in this next season? Should we, uh, how is social distancing going to look? Even when we open back up for church, uh, are we going to sit apart? Are we going to shake hands? And some people say, well, I just can't shake hands. You know, I just can't stop shaking hands. I'm going to get up, you know, come up and give a big hug. And someone says, that's why I don't think I can go because I, and everybody has different apprehensions and thoughts and, and uh, hypotheses as to what the next season's going to be. And it sometimes could make us just a little anxious in not knowing. And so what do we do? Well, we know uh, the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what happens? The peace of God, which passes our thoughts, our pros and cons, our reasoning, guards our hearts and guards our minds through Christ Jesus. What is he saying? He's saying, don't stress, pray. Don't worry, pray. Don't try to figure it all out, pray. Now, God did give us a mind. We should be, you know, doing our best to try to, to pray about it and trying to figure out uh, things. 
But we, we, we allow those thoughts to be submitted to the Lord. One of my favorite scriptures is in Proverbs. It says, trust in the Lord, you know this, with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on the pros and cons and your reasoning. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And what will he do? He'll direct your paths. That's the only way that we can find peace in all of this. You might say, I've heard that before. It's not just hearing it, it's, it's doing it. And when we get anxious, it's stopping and meditating on the scriptures and saying, God, what are you telling us to do? So one of the things I like to do is not to focus on what we don't know. Because one thing we don't know, we don't know when all of this is going to end and exactly how it's all going to play out and exactly, exactly when we're going to meet and how we're going to meet and, and uh, how jobs will return and how the economy, we don't know every single thing. But it's best, instead of, not fo instead of focusing on what we don't know, let's focus on what we do know. Here's what we do know. We do know that God is at work. He takes all these things, you know, we sing about it, that he takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. We know that God is not asleep at this time. God is active. God, as, as we pray and we ask the Lord for help, ask the Lord for wisdom, God is right there with us, so he's active. It says in the book of Psalm, we know the, uh, the verse, and we've quoted it here over the last few weeks, Psalm chapter 46, verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and our strength. He's a very present help in trouble, Therefore, whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, you have to go look and see what it's there for, right? It's therefore we will not fear. The reason we don't fear is because God is our refuge and our strength. And if we really believe that God is at work in this, then we can say, I don't know what in the world's going on, but I know that he's taking care of of things in my life. Another thing that we do know, we do know that God's at work. Another thing that we do know is that we're praying. I know that personally, every single day, I am praying and asking the Lord for wisdom. I'm saying, Lord, I don't know exactly what to do on this next thing, but I ask you for wisdom. And you said in the book of James chapter one, verse five, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and that you would give wisdom. So I ask in faith, what, is, what do you want to do? What's the wisdom of God? I know that as a team, uh, some of our uh, leaders and elders and pastors uh, get together and we pray. We'll pray over Zoom. We'll pray, get together in person right here in the sanctuary and we'll spread out and we'll pray. Just yesterday, we pulled a group together uh, that is a, a group that is, is preparing. It's kind of a task force to prepare to meet again together. And we got together and spent the first uh, several minutes, maybe a quarter of our meeting, just praying and asking the Lord for wisdom and calling out to him. We need to pray and look to the Lord and find out what he is saying. So we are praying. We know that God's at work. We know that we're praying. We know that we pulled together a reopening team to get together. But another thing is we're listening to other leaders in the city and throughout the body of Christ, that we're not just an independent church. We're part of the bigger body of Christ, so we're listening to other people and we're finding out what are they hearing from the Lord? How are they approaching this? Why? Because we care about people. We care about the health of people. We care about people's emotions as much as we all want to jump right back in and, and come together. And I'm telling you, I want to do it today. But I'll, we want to use wisdom along with faith 
We are in faith. And so I believe that the Lord is, is leading us and guiding us in that. So we take rest in those things. What, that's what we do know. So instead of focusing on what we don't know, let's, let's know that God's at work. Let's know that we're going to stay in prayer. And let's know that we're going to stay listening to the wisdom of those around and seeing what seems right to the Holy Spirit and moving together as a church and as a team. That's what we do know. Hey, there's something that I want to uh, mention to you, and that's this. A couple of days ago, I was asleep early in the morning, and it was probably five in the morning or so, and I woke up, and I had on my mind this word, distractions. Distractions. And this is a word that I want to say to you because this may be something that's, that, is, that you're dealing with alone. But I'll tell you what I had simultaneously. I had this word distractions, and I had Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus was dealing with the three temptations. And we know it that was right after he was baptized and he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So we know that the Holy Spirit led him into that to basically be tempted and to overcome these temptations, okay, by the devil. But I've never seen these, I've always seen these as temptations, because that's what it says in the Bible. I've never seen them as distractions. And what happened was, after 40 days, Jesus had fasted and he was hungry. And uh, then, you know, Satan looks at him and he said, hey, look at these stones, uh, make them bread. And he looked at him and he said, it is written. And he spoke back to him, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then the Bible says that Satan took him up to an exceedingly high mountain and he said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself uh, off of this because it's written, he'll give his angels charge over you. And it's also written and the, the enemy, Satan started quoting the word back and Jesus looked back at him and said, just purely the word of God. It's also written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then the Bible says that Satan took him up to uh, a place and he showed him all the kingdoms of this world. And he said, all these things I'll give you if you'll bow before me and worship. See, that's ultimately what the enemy wants. He wants worship. He says, so if you'll bow down before me and worship. And this is the first time in this particular passage that Jesus spoke something that wasn't it is written. He looked at him and he said, away with you, Satan, for it is written. You shall... Uh, he said, for it is written, he said, that you'll worship the Lord and him only shall you serve. But, you know, after that third time of temptation, he looked at him and he said, away with you, Satan. See, tempt, some, Satan would have just kept pointing out thing to thing to thing to thing to thing and got his attention and got his mind on all these different things. And it wasn't just about Jesus overcoming. It was at some point, the enemy, it wasn't just a temptation that Jesus needed to overcome. It became a distraction. And Jesus was like, it's enough. Away with you, Satan. And this is what, when I woke up in the morning, I knew what the Lord was saying to me. He was saying distractions. The enemy is trying to bring distractions. He's trying to put questions in front of you that maybe you feel like you have to spend all your time and energy answering. Uh, you know, what about this? What about this? What about this? And emails and thoughts and this and that. Like you have to have the solutions and answers for everything. When that may not be the questions that the Lord's asking. Maybe it's someone else is asking those questions. Maybe it's someone else is trying to get your attention on something else. 
And I knew what the Lord was pointing out to me was don't allow the deceiver, don't allow the, dis- the great distractor, don't allow the one who twists things to get your attention on something that God doesn't have your attention on. Remember, that's what he did with Eve, right? He, he, he showed her the fruit, right? And he was doing that with Jesus. And let me tell you, during this season, there's a lot of distractions that are out there. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of things that may come to you and may come to me. And I want to tell you, God is not asking all of them of you. In some things, you just need to say, away with you, Satan. That's not what the focus that I need to focus on. I need to keep my eyes on the things that matter. I need to keep my eyes and my focus on the things that the Lord's asking me to focus on. And that's the things. And I just committed to the Lord. I mean, right when I was getting out of bed in the morning, I said, Lord, I commit myself to focus on the things and all those other things, even though I'd want to answer them because I like to have an answer for them, I just can't take the time to try to keep up with every single thing. I want to keep my eyes on the questions you're asking, on the things you're drawing my attention to. Distractions. Don't let the enemy distract you from the things that aren't important. And then I want to... Uh, to draw your attention to this. And this is what I want to focus on as we, um, for the rest of this time here. I have been on a daily basis asking this question to the Lord. When are we going to open up as a church? When are we going to start services? When are we going to open up? And I know that we have the multitude of counsel and we'll get together with other, uh, with other leaders. And so, and as I said before, but I've been asking the Lord, Lord, when are we going to open up? When are we going to open up? When are we going to open up? And it's just not something God's given me a definite answer on. It's not like, you know, he's just spoken back and said, this is what I want you to do. But as I was this week, and I mean, I was pressing the Lord on it this week. I was saying, Lord, would you tell me we're nearing a time? People are asking the question, when are we going to open up? And I didn't hear anything, but here's what I did continue over and over to hear in my heart, not audibly, but I kept hearing in my heart, it's this word, prepare. 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 And as I'm hearing that, I'm saying, that's not what I was asking. I'm asking, when are we going to open up? And I keep hearing the word prepare. See, sometimes it's like God's answering questions that I'm not even asking, or is he? I mean, maybe it is what I'm asking. Maybe what I should be focused on right now is what he's saying. In fact, that is what we should be focused on right now. Because if, if he said, open up on such and such and do this at this time, maybe that's all, that's all, the only thing I'd be thinking about. Or maybe there's questions that you're asking God and you don't just get it right like that, but you don't, you don't just get the instantaneous, but he's telling you something else. Can I tell you, focus on the things that the Lord puts on your heart. That is the most important thing. And it may very well be the thing that you're asking or the answer or the next step to what you're asking. So he put this word on my heart, prepare, prepare, prepare. See, in John chapter 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of strangers, they don't hear. If God wants to answer you, he'll answer you. If God wants to get something across to you, he'll get something across to you. If God wants to tell you something, he'll tell you something. And also, if God's not answering you, There may be a reason for that. (laughs) There may be a reason for that. Listen to what the Lord is putting on your heart. As you pray, 
Let it be a dialogue. Prayer is a dialogue. It's not just a monologue, me to God. It's something that we pray, we ask of God, and then we open up our heart and we receive answers. Many times it'll be in a scripture. That's why I say read the word on a daily basis so that he, bring, he can bring that back up in your heart. But sometimes it'll just be in a word and a thought. It'll be something that he puts on your heart. And I'll tell you, this thought, and I know it wasn't just for me, it's for us. It's for you. Prepare. This season right now, however long it may be or however short it may be, the Lord is, it's almost as if the Lord is giving us a, a few more days to prepare. A few more, a little bit of time to get things ready, to get things prepared, to prepare, to prepare. Prepare for what, we might say. What are we preparing for? Well, in two weeks from this weekend will be May 31st. And May 31st, believers will know that day as Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. What is Pentecost? Well, Pentecost is literally, it just means 50 days. It's 50 days after Passover. Okay, we just celebrated Passover at Easter time. And Pentecost Sunday is 50 days after. It's the 50th day after Passover. And really why we celebrate it is because it's really the birth of the church. It's the birth of what we know as the church. It was the day that the church was born. It was on the day of Pentecost. And in, in the book of Acts, I want to read this to you. In the book of Acts, it says this. When the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. How long were they there? Well, Jesus said, don't go out and witness. Stay there and gather together and assemble together. He didn't say for how long. He didn't say for 50 days. He just said, assemble there together. And, and they did it for, it seemed like 50 days they were here. And on, the, on this day, on the day of Pentecost, they knew it as the day of Pentecost because they were celebrating. It was an Old Testament day. But it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and one place. Notice they all showed up to church. They all came together. Uh, and I know they had, didn't have church yet at the time, but they all showed up as a body, okay? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. The day of Pentecost, fire, tongues of fire, sat upon each of them. There was a sound that came from heaven. And they were all filled, the Bible says, with the Holy Spirit. Now notice, they were already believers, and they were already gathered together, but this was something that Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. See, they were already filled. They already had the Holy Spirit, but there was something the Holy Spirit has, was going to come upon them, and they were all filled. They were flooded with the Holy Spirit. And it says, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this was the day of Pentecost. It was the 50th day. And the church was born. And it was like an explosion occurred. And the church still, over 2,000 years later, is still alive and well. Right here on earth. So we celebrate this day. Now, Pentecost in the Old Testament was a celebration of when God uh, gave the law to Moses. And so people knew to celebrate that every year. In Acts chapter 2... 
God gave the Holy Spirit to believers and he wrote the law on their hearts. It wasn't an external law that they carried around. It was something that he did in their hearts. So they were celebrating something of Moses, but God said that he would write it in their hearts and that's what he's done to us. And so we celebrate that. What is Pentecost? Well, there was, there's three, primarily three uh, feasts in Jewish tradition. Okay? We're not Jewish, but this is the tradition that it came from. Okay? It, there's Passover, there's Pentecost, and then there's the Feast of Trumpets. There's these three feasts that they would celebrate. Pentecost was a celebration of when God gave the law to Moses, as I just said. And many people, um, and, and so um, many people are afraid to talk about Pentecost today because they go back and say, Pentecost, is that Pentecostal? Is that tongues? What is that? See, a lot of people will identify with the Passover and they'll believe that because of the free gift of Jesus that we have, our Passover lamb, that if we receive Jesus as our Lord and receive his salvation, that we'll be saved. And, and, and that's the honest truth. You know, that's the truth that we are saved. But people won't always identify with Pentecost because they might think, well, that, that's something else. But can I tell you, just as simple as it was to identify with Passover and have Jesus in our lives, and when we do have him in our lives, the Holy Spirit does live inside of us, we can also identify with Pentecost. And Pentecost, and we can have that same simple faith, and we can open up our hearts to Pentecost, and that's when the Holy Spirit can come upon us and we can receive the fullness of the Spirit in our life. See, that's happening. We're celebrating that in just two weeks from this weekend. Um, so what happened at Pentecost? Well, in the New Testament, new Christians were celebrating at Pentecost. While they were praying, God, uh, God poured out the Holy Spirit upon them, and as we just read, tongues of fire rested upon them, and each of them spoke in new tongues. In the first Pentecost, back in the Old Testament, uh, there was a loud noise and a cloud descended and there was fire and there was, the law was written on a stone. And back then, 3,000 people died on that day, back, back in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament Pentecost, uh, there was a loud noise and a cloud came, the Holy Spirit, right? And a cloud came and descended and there was fire and there was a law that was written on their hearts and 3,000 didn't die, but 3,000 came into the body of Christ. See, the Pentecost was something they celebrated in the Old Testament, but we celebrate the New Testament Pentecost. Why? Because there was a fulfillment of something that Jesus said, don't just let this go by. Wait for the promise of the Spirit. Wait for the fullness of the Spirit. Pentecost. Most Christians agree that you can experience this Passover, but let me, let me tell you, let's also agree that we can experience Pentecost. Every believer can experience the same Pentecost that they did back in the book of Acts. Let me tell you what my spiritual sense is on prepare. My spiritual sense is that in two weeks from now, on this Pentecost Sunday, that there's going to be a refreshing in the church. Not only the church, Memphis Tabernacle, there's going to be a refreshing that the Lord wants to do all across the world. He wants to do in this, a, a, a reawakening, a refreshing. In the book of Acts, I love the scripture that says, repent every one of you. Repent really just means to turn. He says, repent every one of you 
And he goes on to say that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. See, every one of us have been in our homes. We've been in shelter in. We've been distanced from others. And sometimes that can make you numb. Sometimes it can get you lonely. Sometimes it can make you, you know, uh, you get off by yourself and you just, you don't think straight. You're not thinking the same way. For some, it may be a, a rest. And for others, it may drive them crazy. But let me tell you, God wants us to come out I'm not saying every one of us will come out on the on the May 31st but I'm saying God wants us to come out and as we do come out he wants times of refreshing to come from the presence of the Lord and I really believe that we as a church that the Lord wants to pour out his spirit upon every single person that would be open to the Holy Spirit he wants to pour out his spirit upon you upon me upon our church even during these next couple of weeks, he wants us to be open to the Holy Spirit. My sense is that the Lord is wanting something of a refreshing in the church at large. Not just, he doesn't want us to just be a programmatic church, but he wants us to be a church like in the book of Acts, a church where they would come together in the temple, they would come together in house to house, they would come together on a regular basis. It's not just churches Sunday, no, churches us could be daily. It could be multiple times. It could be multiple times weekly. But it's something that we as believers give priority to, that we actually look to one another, and it's not just us and God. It's us and God and his body. We actually love one another, and we take care of one another. And we become the church that was in Jesus' heart when he prayed to the Father, and he said, Father, make them one, just like you and me are one. Well, how often was he with the Father on a regular basis? And he's saying, Father, make them one. I believe there's a refreshing that he wants to do in this next season. Even, even the, trend, the, 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 the moving through one season to another that he wants to do to return us to be a church, the kind of church that he had in his heart. And that was a, a church that met in the temple and a church that met house to house. In our vision 2020 in January, you remember that there was two things that I knew the Lord put in my heart for the church and that, that we had prayed about over and over. And one is that we would be a people of prayer. Two, that we would be a people of outreach. Not just in here in our little bubble, but we would be a people of outreach. And let me tell you, I don't think that uh, we missed it. The Lord missed it on this at all. I still believe that we're supposed to seek God. That's the people of prayer, this upreach that we have. And we're supposed to inreach to one another, but we're also supposed to be a church that outreaches. And I want you to pray with us about this, that as we're even returning, that we're not just going back to life as normal, but we're, we're going to return to the place that the Lord wants us to be in. And we're going to be refreshed. And we're going to be almost reset. Reset to the default that the Lord really called us to, to walk in. It's a new normal. It's a new normal. Many people are calling it that. But I, I'm saying a new normal the way the Lord intended it. Can you just say that with me? Say a new normal the way the Lord intended it. That's what we want. It's a new normal. So listen, we're still in phase two. And so on May 31st, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to invite a few leaders. Uh, we're not at the place where we're, uh, we're being asked not to open up to everybody. So on May 31st, 
we're going to invite a few leaders and we're going to come in and we're going to worship and we're going to pray and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit and we're going to stream it and we want you to be a part of it and we want you to be open to the Holy Spirit and let him refresh you and we're going to celebrate Pentecost together. But for the next two weeks, I want to ask you to do this. This week and next week, I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to talk about preparing. And I want to ask you to make sure to listen to this week, make sure to listen to next week, tune in next week, and be a part of this next week, but also on Pentecost. Let's open our hearts and get ready for what God's doing. I'm telling you, it's not just corporately, but God wants to do something for you individually. I believe it with all of my heart. Make sure that you stay connected with that. So to prepare, here's what I'm going to ask for you to do. Three things. Number one, for you personally, be open to the Holy Spirit. Be open to God. I don't know what you've been taught about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been taught that stuff's wacky and I don't really know about all that. I'm just a little bit far out there. Listen, we're talking about God. Just be open to God and say, God, whatever you have for me, I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit in my life. And as we celebrate Pentecost, I want the fullness of your spirit in my life. I open myself up to you, not some wacky spirit, nothing else, but to God himself. And I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit over these next two weeks. Uh, to the body. Let me, each one of us are, play a part in the body. It's not an optional part. You know, my finger is a part of my body and it doesn't get to say, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to sleep in on Tuesday and this one, I'm going to sleep in on Friday and I'm this one while well, I'm going to, no, they're all part of my body and they all work together. Let me just ask you as a pastor, as your pastor, let me ask you, would you just play your part? Whatever it is the Lord's asking you to do, would you jump in? As we announce things, would you jump in? There are some things that we need as we're getting started back with audiovisual. There are some things with uh, service teams. There are some things with kids ministry. There are some things with our cleanup teams. We feel like one of the things we're supposed to prepare is prepare the tabernacle. Prepare our teams. Prepare some of our administration. Prepare some of the things. And maybe you have uh, an extra hour a week or a couple of extra hours or five extra hours. Would you just jump in and help be a part of the body of Christ. Do the part that God's asking you to do. We don't want you to do more. But we don't want you to do less because you are called to be a part of the body of Christ. And let me say this. God, the church is not a low priority on God's priority list. It's not like, here's my life, here's my this, here's that, here's that, and then there's the church, whatever I love. No, in, in, in God's scheme of things, his body is a big deal. So just pray and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How can I be a part of the plan of God? So do your part to be involved in these things. We're going to be posting uh, open uh, positions and things that we have openings for in our teams. And as we do, would you jump in? Don't, I mean, you can pray about it, but pray about it and sign up. And, and, uh, and let's get together and find out what it is. If all you have is an hour, <laughs> we have stuff that we can partner together, but we don't want... Many, many hands make light work, and we don't want just a few people, the Pareto Principle, we don't want 20% doing 100%, and people say, well, you can't fight that. We're going to. We believe that, we, we believe every person that the Lord's called to be a part of this church should be involved, and so we want to invite you to be a part of this team. So personally, open yourself to the Holy Spirit as a church. Would you open yourself up to the body of Christ? And then, last of all, would you open yourself up to fellowship? Fellowship in homes, fellowship in, you know, like in the book of Acts, the temple and house to house. Come to church. 
when we have, if you feel safe when we do open, come be a part. But then when we open up in homes, you know, 10 or under, if you feel safe to do that, would you come and be a part, be a part of fellowship? And you say, I'm not really into that. Well, then don't do it for you. Do it for the other person. Do it to encourage someone else. Why? Someone needs your smile. Someone needs your hug. Someone needs your encouragement. Someone needs what you can bring because you can bring things I can't bring. You can bring things that other people can't bring. Let's be the body of Christ that he's called us to be. And like Psalm 133 says, when we are, how good and pleasant it is the blessing of God will come down upon us. Hey, let me pray for you as we close this time together. Would you just bow your heads? Don't leave yet. We're just going to take a, another minute or so, but let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for every person right now in this season that you'd help them to close this season well. I pray, Lord, that as they're coming to so many decisions, God, that they would bring every thought, every anxiety, every concern, every question to you and not just make short decisions, but would come and make godly, wise decisions. Lord, and I pray that this next season would be a fruitful season for our church, a fruitful season for every person that's a part of our team. And I thank you, Lord, that as we win, we can celebrate together. I can celebrate the victory of every single person, Lord, God, that's a part of this fellowship. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for the calling of God, that you'd clarify the calling and the fit with every person here. I pray for our community, that we would grow as a community. Let us be the community that you had in your heart. Let us be a church that's not just a gathering of people who come in, but a family, a family of hundreds, even a family of thousands of people who would come together and love one another just as they love themselves. Help it to be, Lord, the picture that you have in your heart. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Podcast.